0: SPS Express is our solution for small to medium businesses and it's a payback model. The benefits of the generic payback model is we're able to get you up and processing credit card payments extremely quickly. Could be a couple of days even.
1: Welcome to Subscriptions Scaled, sponsored by Rebar Technology. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders in the subscription space, share their best tips and stories, and learn how you can up-level your subscription business today.
2: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Subscription Scaled. Today, we have a special episode where we're going to be talking about planning for payments maturity as you scale. Today, we're joined by your standard host, Nick Frederick and Danny Omalak of Rebar Technology, where we're going to be talking all about payments maturity. So um, Danny and Nick, welcome to the show today. Interesting to be on the other side of this equation, but it'll be fun. Awesome. Well, to start off, can we do some quick introductions? So Nick and Danny, could you take a moment to introduce yourselves? Of course. I'm Nick Frederick. I'm the president and CEO of
1: Rebar Technology, so I'm involved in a lot of different things, anywhere from product development to business
0: development, marketing, product, delivery, you name it. Pretty involved in it these days. Hey, everyone. This is Danny Omiliak. I'm a senior growth strategist with Rebar Technology, helping support some marketing sales and business development activities. Uh, Joined Rebar after spending about five years doing payment consulting for Fortune 100 and 500 companies helping them improve their payment strategy, architecture, and operations. Really excited to talk to you all today and join the podcast.
2: Great. Well, to kick things off, Danny, can you dive in and explain to us when we talk about payment maturity cycle, what exactly is that?
0: Absolutely. So what we think about when it comes to a payments maturity cycle is different businesses at different stages in their development need different payments requirements. So when you're a small or medium-sized business, usually what Merchants have done is they go to a solution that can quickly get them onboarded to start accepting payments immediately uh, because small businesses need to get revenue as quick as they can, right? And so typically, what that means is you'll end up paying a little bit higher costs, which is normal for starting out in payment processing. But then, as you grow, things might change. Sometimes payments might be integrated for smaller businesses into other existing or tangential products like a storefront application or other software. In other ways, developers might provide you with recommendations as to what payments platform to use as you're building out a website or something if you're a smaller business. And what that typically is referred to is a payback model. We have a great paper on what a payback model is if you're looking for information, but essentially it's like an aggregator for payments that says, Hey, if merchants can come sign up through us and get onboarded quicker to accepting payments online. The payback model, as I mentioned, does very well for merchants that are looking to onboard quickly and get payment processing up and running. But as merchants grow and their transaction volume grows, they tend to actually outgrow this payback model. And the reason for that is, is as you scale and increase your number of transactions, you can actually negotiate better payment processing rates if you move to a direct to acquirer approach. So this is where the payments maturity cycle comes in. Typically, we see the smaller, medium-sized businesses starting with the payback model, And then as they grow in their transaction volume, they'll switch into what we call a direct-to-acquirer approach.
1: To kind of emphasize Danny's point there, and it's so true, when you're starting up your small business, launching it from the ground up, Payment processing is just kind of something that you need, but you don't look at it as a strategic advantage or even that big of a cost when you're starting. You know, the difference between paying 3% to accept credit cards versus 35 or, you know, whatever the case might be, that's kind of inconsequential inconse- when you're first getting going. But what happens is you grow, right? This podcast is all about scaling. So you're actually looking to grow your business. So as you get bigger and bigger, have more revenue, have more customers, more transactions that you're processing those payment operations and, their, and the cost of acceptance become more and more and more important. And unfortunately, sometimes you get into these payfac models, which again, to Danny's point, make a heck of a lot of sense when you're just getting started, but it's kind of easy to set it and forget it, and then not know when is the right time to go back and evaluate it. So, you know, having a strategy from the beginning of knowing where am I going to go down the road when this business grows, because right, that's always the goal. Knowing where you're going from the beginning is super helpful, and we th- something that we think is really important.
2: That makes sense, and it it's an interesting thing that I've even seen, even from scaling my business from a small stage to a level. Is that half percent isn't a lot until you start doing hundreds of thousands a month in revenue, and then suddenly you look at hey, that's a chunk of change. That's like a person's salary right there. It definitely makes a difference as you start to grow and scale. And so, what are some of those other pitfalls that are related to that PayFAC model? Well, I think we've touched on this already
1: a little bit, but it's thinking about where you're going to go down the road. The biggest advantage to a PayFAC model is that you can get set up and get processing very, very quickly. It doesn't take a lot. You got to give some basic business information, who you are, what your expected revenues or processing volumes are, average ticket size, what industry you process in. You just give this information about your business and then you go through a very quick underwriting process. They do a credit check. They'll ask some, they want to know some things about the owners of the business, but that those are relatively minimal and you can get up and going pretty quickly. But like I was saying before, as you scale, there's other aspects of payment processing that are going to come into view and become more important. As an example, reporting. When you're just getting going, basic reporting on payments processed and charges or fees, interchange fees and processing fees that you're paying, you're going to see those on a statement and they're probably going to meet your need out of the gate. But at some point you're going to want to be looking at some more detailed analytics. You want to be looking at your authorization rates. You're going to want to be looking at chargeback rates across the different brands that you're processing. You may want to even start segmenting down into how am I looking for them from a credit card perspective versus debit card, maybe even prepaid. You're going to want to start looking at these things in a lot of different ways. So reporting becomes a lot more important. And in a lot of situations, some platforms and some pay and payment processors might start upcharging you for those things. They like to do these intro offers that look very inexpensive to get started. You know, these small platform fees but as you add on start adding on more services that can get pretty expensive and the one we talk about all the time is support there's a lot of if you think about payfax that are processing tens of thousands or in some cases like stripe hundreds of thousands of merchants accounts underneath their business they have to really set up a hands off model for that to make sense that's how really they operate if you want a hands on approach somebody's going to help you Be there for you, a phone call away. You're going to pay for that, and you're going to pay quite a bit for that level of support. But from our perspective, we have always approached payment processing and optimizing your payments infrastructure as core to what we do. That's coming out of a a consulting company who does that exclusively for large merchants. We've brought that over to Rebar, and so we have this philosophy of everybody gets our cell phone numbers. We have support service desk and all that kind of stuff, but. We share that with our personal information with all of our customers, and we'll get on the phone anytime, have a meeting, talk about what's going right, what's going wrong, how can you further optimize. But just knowing that somebody's out there always looking at it for you, helping make sure that you're collecting every dollar that you can. And then to Danny's point earlier, if it eventually makes sense to grow into something bigger because your volume justifies it, we're going to help you do that. We always want to help our merchants, our clients make the right decisions, have the right path forward for them at that stage of their growth.
0: And I do want to just kind of harp on one of the initial points Nick made about the kind of cost of payment processing. and the PayFact model, one of the pitfalls we've seen is the payment terms are not only complicated, but typically hidden. So you won't know that in order to get access to your data, there will be an upcharge down the road, or if you want to add on additional payment methods, there will be an upcharge. In some situations, especially in merchants that we focus with, which is subscription recurring billing merchants, there may be upcharges or you need to bring on a second vendor to handle subscription and recurring payments with certain payments vendors. So there's a couple of gotchas out there within the PayPal model that are just to be aware of. Uh, Making sure to read all the fine print of the different payment terms, and to Nick's point, where are you headed to know what you might have to buy later on with some of those payback models?
2: Yeah, I love that, and I can even share a story on the experience that I've had to support historically with one of the payback models. Is I remember we had what became one of the biggest paydays we had when we actually started trying to align our clients to bill on the same day of the month, and had a massive influx of cash, and then suddenly. Like they didn't even like tell us and everything was just frozen and they didn't distribute our funds to us. And we spent about three weeks suddenly having to do a bunch more additional underwriting stuff and like sending more passports and like documents out of nowhere. And they didn't even let us know until like a weekend. We were like, hey, where's all that money that should have hit on the first of the month? Mm -hmm. And it was like literally a day or two between responses from them and we're just like you're holding like the largest payment we've ever gotten like <laughs> our cash <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like and it was like i we almost missed payroll like it was a really stressful thing and i and that's really stressful from a support side where you like you have no one you can call you're just waiting for response to tickets and that's cash is the lifeblood of a business so that's a really scary thing 100%
1: thanks for sharing that story i've heard the same one before Oftentimes with these pay facts, when you're small, they'll bring you on, but they're not they won't tell you that they've probably set you up in the back end to only process so much per day. Because there's a risk factor here, right? Every merchant they bring on has the risk to default to be able to charge a bunch of cards and then not be able to fulfill the service or the good. And the processor's the one responsible for that. So that's why you go through an underwriting process. But they may be putting restrictions on you in the background, total processing a max ticket value that you can't go over say 5 grand or something like that and never tell you these things. And the worst that we've seen processors do with small businesses is implement reserves where there's a they believe there's some risk to your business, your profile and your ability to handle refunds and chargebacks and so they'll start reserving cash, putting it in an escrow account, but it's there in case you as a small business ever default. But to your point there, Jake, if you're a small business and You're trying to make payroll and pay the bills and do all of these things. And all of a sudden your processor says, oh, that $100,000 that you processed last week, we're holding back 20,000 of it. That's a really big deal. You know, that's the kind of thing you want to know about up front that if they're ever going to do or if they haven't fully evaluated, you want
2: to understand these things.
1: And I think it's really important.
2: Yeah. And so I want to hit on like, I guess kind of like, I think a big part of what you guys are saying with this payments maturity is that while payfacts are great as a way to get started, you know, like eventually at some point, Most companies will need to move off of those. And um, I know part of what we'll be talking about is like, you know, Rebar's SBS Express today. But prior to SBS Express, like what has been the historical path that people have had to go to? Have they, they had to eventually just uproot everything and switch to a new system? Or what does that typically look like?
0: There can be multiple kind of paths forward there. But to be honest, what most people have done is kind of set it and forget it when it comes to payment processing. So they get signed up with their PayPal and they never think about it again. And um, little do they know that there's a lot of money being left on the table by staying with that model too long. But typically what you're going to want to do, you could reach out to your existing payment vendor to determine if they will support moving to a direct to acquirer approach, which is typically what we recommend. Or you could evaluate a new solution like SBS and SBS Express to support that capability
1: to add to that, we're talking a lot about payfax here in that model, which is actually a relatively newer model in the payment processing space over the past 10 years, that's really become prolific. But there prior to that, there was this model of ISOs or independent sales organizations that sold to small businesses all over the country to your mom and pops and regional players and things like that. And in the payments ecosystem, there are really just a handful of what we call major processors or acquirers, to use Danny's terminology that are really doing the lion's share of of the processing these independent sales organizations and payfax are out signing up small businesses and then submitting those transactions through the platforms of the bigger guys in most cases most small businesses don't even realize their transactions they might have paper with an iso or with a payfact. their transactions might never touch their platforms heck they might not even have one they might just be reselling someone else's so The ecosystem, the players around here, this is a very complicated landscape. But to Danny's point, you don't realize that when you're getting started, nor do you really care, right? You just want to process credit cards. So the set it and forget it mentality might come back to bite you. So again, we're always looking, I don't think anybody starts their business thinking, I don't want to grow this thing. But knowing where you might go down the road is, again, I think an important thing
2: to think about up front. And so, what is Rebar's SBS Express, and you know, how does it kind of play into this entire uh, maturity cycle?
0: Yeah, so I'll jump in on that one. SBS Express is our solution for small to medium businesses, and it's a payback model. The benefits of the generic payback model is we're able to get you up and processing credit card payments extremely quickly. Could be a couple of days even. And some of the benefits of our platform, we offer very straightforward and low payment terms. Compared to other pay facts. there's no add-ons and hidden payment terms and extras and complicated fine print that you'll find with our competitors. They we're straightforward and typically cheaper than the competition. The second thing is our graduation strategy, which is kind of related to the payment maturity cycle. We understand when businesses just start evaluating moving from a payback model to the direct to require or direct to payment processor model. and Our experts on our team will actually help our merchants to do that transition on our software. So we have a a clear path to moving on from and graduating from the payback strategy when the time is right. The third thing that is really great about SBS Express is we're a subscription software business. So subscriptions are our bread and butter work with subscriptions and recurring billing across different types of merchant sets and industries, and we're experts there. So if you're a smaller business looking to either enter into subscriptions or grow your subscription business, uh, we are really the payments provider for you. And then the last kind of benefit of our SBS platform that we've already highlighted before is our enhanced support. We provide white glove support. Uh, Everyone will be able to get us on a phone if there are issues that need to be resolved. Much better than going through the ticket system or reviewing documentation online when it comes to support. So, when it comes to the key benefits of Express, just to kind of summarize straightforward and low cost payment terms, we have a graduation strategy to move you from a payback into a direct to acquire approach when the time is right. Subscriptions are bread and butter, and we provide the best support that's offered out there.
1: Just to take one of those points a little bit further, when Danny was talking about the graduation strategy, When we first built our platform that we called SBS before we created this express version, we built it with the needs of enterprise subscription merchants in mind. That's who we built the platform around knowing the flexibility and the customizability and the everything they needed to do to make, be successful in uh, subscription billing and payments at an enterprise level, at an enterprise scale. When we set out to create express for small businesses, we, pre-configured that system and put all of those best practices in it into a pre-packaged version of our software along with payment process. And because we knew small businesses were going to need that, it didn't make sense to make them go out there and find a merchant account and process through a gateway. So our software at the end of the day is really processor agnostic. We're able to communicate with a bunch of different gateways and process payments there. But what we are is a PCI level one certified vault so we are able to securely store credit cards ach accounts credentials payment credentials things like that in our vault which means when it's time to when it makes sense to switch from our maybe our payfac processor over to a direct acquirer model whoever you might want to go to there's no conversion And that is a really big point because payment processor conversions, anyone who's ever been involved in them are extremely painful. You have to extract a whole lot of data. You have to handle it securely. You have to push it over to your new vendor, and then they have to import and normalize all of that data. And there's always issues that arise with doing that, not to mention it's just a time consuming and expensive process to do. But with our graduation strategy, none of that's needed. Whenever you decide that a direct-to-acquirer model is right for you, we make a switch in the back end, and that's where your transactions route to. So you're not locked in, which is a big part of why we think this approach, this predetermined graduation strategy is going to be so attractive to small businesses.
2: Yeah, and I want to just hit on that again. I mean, because I think a lot of people listening here, they may be on one of the, the large pay facts that they just got up and running on quickly. And so like Nick, kind of like maybe like Warren, Danny, I guess like walk us through if they just keep scaling and they, at what points will that start to break? And what does that process actually look like if they don't fix things early and they just kind of wait to look at, because I know you just kind of briefly described that, that migration, but yeah, I would love to just hear more of like, what is the downsides of not getting set up on something early that's going to enable you to scale and what kind of problems that creates down the line if you don't?
1: Well, I'll first address what can break. And that's two things. And one, we've already talked about a good bit, which is the cost of acceptance, whatever rate you're at when you start, as you get to scale, that percent cost of acceptance against a much bigger number is, of course, itself a big number, that cost to accept payments. And at some point, you're going to want to have teams of people, service providers that are helping you constantly optimize payments. Because when we're talking about recurring payments here and subscriptions in general, the cost to acquire customers now is higher than it has ever been, ever been. And so it is much more lucrative to keep the customers that you have than to continually go out and try to acquire new ones. There was a day when that model made sense, just keep putting them in the top of the funnel and let some things fall out the bottom, but today with your acquisition cost being so high, you need to keep every customer that you've got. So the billing and payments process that if it doesn't work well, will cause involuntary churn within your subscriber base, meaning customers will cancel because of payment issues. The card was declined because the account was closed and reissued, or there's insufficient funds or hundreds of other decline codes that are out there. You need somebody, whether it's within your team or working with a team of experts like ours who understand how all of that work and can constantly help you tweak and optimize it. Because the strategies that work today are going to be different a year from now. The industry is constantly changing. There's new visa rules and regulations coming out in addition to the FTC and the CFPB and everybody else that wants to throw some subscription rules out there. But those are the kind of things that can really break and if you don't have a partner that understands subscriptions, recurring payments specifically, and can help you along the way make those changes and constantly be compliant and optimize your business, you're going to hit a wall. Yeah, um, you're going to have more customers leaking out the bottom than you can keep up with. And margins in recurring businesses can be pretty small. So you need to optimize as much as you can. So that's
2: really what I think can break. Danny, anything you want to add on to that?
0: You know, I think Nick makes a great point and but what i would kind of focus on for uh where things can break in the system just goes back to the cost of acceptance if you're staying on the payback for too long your cost of acceptance is going to be too high but once you're moving to switch not only do you have to incorporate the time and cost of doing a conversion but even the planning and strategy behind that because if you're switching from a payback to an acquirer you're going to be touching a lot of different systems and may require some strategy work to be done. I know that our sister company, W Capra commonly does RFPs for payment processing, which can take three to four months just to run the RFP to determine your next vendor. And that gets kind of back to our point of having a strategy for where you want to go and when you want to move off the payback, how you're going to do it can help save you a lot of money and time and effort in the long run. We
1: know merchants. In fact, we were just having a conversation earlier today about a merchant, very large, pretty well known, who was changing subscription billing platform vendors. And they started this process eight years ago. And they are effectively still doing it because of the complication around it. And they got in situations where it stopped and start for various reasons. And some of them was just everybody found it to be too difficult. It was hard to do. So if you're not careful, you can really back yourselves into corners that are
0: really hard to get out of. This kind of brings back to, I think, one of the biggest benefits of the SBS Express platform and our services around it is we help make payments simplified for you. We are your experts in payments and we're there to help support you as you grow and teach you what you need to know about payments so that you don't have to learn it all yourself. Am I
2: correct in understanding that a large difference between, say, like SBS and another platform would be that while a payfac is actually like your payment processor, what you guys are doing at Rebar is you guys are the technology over it and then you could hook up multiple different payment processors to that. Is that accurate in that it lets you then be more flexible if you say, hey, we have a better rate with this one over here. You can do that and it all is still available kind of through the platform. You don't have to change platforms to change payment processors. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, that's a good call out there, Jake, because... There are a lot of vendors that provide different services as it relates to subscription billing and payments. So you've got plenty of vendors out there and even some acquirer platforms that can do recurring billing. They can take a credit card, they can take an amount, and they can you, get, you can give it a day of the month and it can do that recurring billing. There's There's plenty of solutions out there that can do that. And if that's all you need, you've got dozens, if not hundreds of different options out there to choose from. But what starts coming into play for subscription companies are things like grants and entitlements. So there are inevitably content management systems that need to know that, hey, Nick subscribed and he enrolled in the gold plan and therefore he has access to this content. Whether that's streaming, whether that's physical goods that are being going to be delivered in a box or you know, an e-learning platform and what modules they have access to. Those things are really important. You don't want to give away your product to customers that aren't paying for it. So the, the ability of a subscription management system to talk to a content management system is really important. And similar to that is a CRM system. You've probably got some system that is doing product delivery and where you manage all aspects of your customer, their entire journey. And so having the two systems be able to talk to each other is, again, really important to be able to do that. That's really one of the things that, or a couple of the things I should say, that a subscription lifecycle management platform that we, ours is called SBS, does really well, we think. But then in most situations, you're able to talk to multiple acquirers. And, talked about that. But for small businesses needing a solution that they can get up and running on very quickly, we have embedded payments through a PayFAC model into SBS Express so that we are able to get up and running very quickly, have a product that we can offer to small businesses that isn't going to take weeks or months to get up and running because of a lot of detailed requirements that need to be unearthed and configured. Instead, we can deploy this thing very quickly, get you up and running. But yet at the same time, we're not backing you into a corner. Like There are lots of options down the road for where this can go, and you're not going to have to do a big, complicated, drawn-out conversion in order to do that.
0: And just to add on to the flexibility question, Jake, we're seeing more and more enterprise merchants that are requesting routing flexibility, which used to be actually not allowed via payment contracts, but they're starting to negotiate that into their contracts so that they're allowed to route to multiple endpoints. And that's one thing our uh, SBS platform is processor agnostic, which means we'll route to one, two, multiple endpoints, whatever the case may be, which helps us to uh, handle very customized situations and very large enterprise merchants that may want to route to multiple endpoints to, as you said, achieve cost savings or improve the availability of their payment infrastructure.
2: And another thing I I just want to like, kind of hit on, I guess, for everyone out there who may not know you know, historically, but if I'm correct, I mean, this entire product and what you guys have put out here, you historically have been working with companies that I believe are doing $20 million a year or plus in subscriptions. And so you're now working from the high end down to help support smaller businesses so that they're ready to scale. And I think that's an important point to hit on is that you have significant experience doing this at very large scales. And the product that you're making is is you're trying to enable people to make it easier for when they hit that scale. Can you more speak to just kind of some of the other experience that you guys have at the, the larger level? Yeah, 100%. And thank you for calling that
1: out. We built the product for, as I said before, for the needs of an enterprise merchant. So those tend to be complicated. To Danny's point, so many of them now are supporting multiple processors, not one. That didn't used to be the case, but now it is. So you might be routing payments for one product over here and a different product over there, or maybe you're taking ACH and sending it to processor A and credit card to B, or whatever the case might be. So those use cases start to become really, really complicated. And so when we built our product, it was all about flexibility and configurability from the start. I have personally built Subscription billing systems at prior companies from the ground up. And they take years and tens of millions of dollars to build right. And those systems were built for one business. And so, knowing how important being flexible and nimble and adaptable is now, we took all of our, all of the components of a subscription lifecycle management system and built them into modules. And what that allows us to do is work with each merchant, understand their use cases, configure and plug together those modules in a way that we deploy and meets their specific business needs. So no two applications look exactly alike, but each one is customized to their specific use cases. So it's the speed to market and cost efficiencies, typically associated with SaaS with the very specific business problem-solving aspects of custom software development without the years of development and the tens of millions of dollars to do it. So we think we found the sweet spot between those two things. Yeah. And
0: just to add on to that, one of the benefits of an enterprise-grade platform is really around security, scalability, and reliability. So if our platform can work for the largest of merchants, it's going to uh, just work that much better for small and medium-sized businesses as well. And you can expect that you're going to receive the same level of security and scalability and reliability that our enterprise merchants do, even on our SMB SBS Express platform.
2: As we kind of get close to wrapping up here, I mean, who are the types of businesses that would be a good candidate for um, SBS Express?
1: Yeah, I would say it's anybody who is in a situation where they are storing a payment credential on file and needs to bill their customer on some sort of recurring basis. And that can take a lot of different forms. And most common with subscriptions, these are monthly fixed amount, quarterly, whatever the billing frequency is for a fixed amount to a given payment method. Uh, That's one of your more common use cases. But we're seeing a lot of different models out there. For example, seasonality. You take streaming for some different sporting events, whether that's anything from soccer to football to baseball, whatever, you know, there's a certain season of the year, maybe four to six months where the customer wants access to it. So you would bill during that period and then not during the rest of the year. Other situations where what's been a very effective means to retain customers these days is through pause mechanisms. Maybe a customer is in a situation where they just don't need it for a couple months. Maybe they're going on vacation, so they don't want their subscription box and they want to push it out or pause their membership for a few months. The flexibility and ability to accommodate use cases like that are something we support and recommend as the best practice. But again, it's any situation where at the core of it, you're storing a payment credential and you're going to bill that customer through some means. It could also be installments. Maybe it's just six installments for uh, six months or six quarters, but any situation like that where it's recurring billing. We're not segmented to one specific vertical of subscription. So anything from physical goods and their unique needs and they are unique and different from digital goods, streaming, e-learning, anything that's kind of delivered online, which includes other SaaS software as well. You know, Microsoft 365, a good example of software delivered on a recurring basis. But yeah, we can serve really any vertical, any industry. And what's interesting right now about subscription is so many verticals that were traditionally very transactional. Things from quick service restaurant to convenience stores to travel are now all playing with the subscription model. We've seen Panera do it, Taco Bell, Alaskan Airlines, all experimenting with this subscription model to find those customers and then keep them within their environment. A subscriber to Alaskan Airlines is going to be far more likely to start there to book an airline ticket than they are to go anywhere else. So the level of engagement and the ability to hold on to those customers, not unlike loyalty programs, like to do,
0: is very popular right now. So, really, any vertical that is experimenting with recurring payments. Yeah, I think what Nick said is spot on. There, I like to think about You know, who would fit well with us in kind of two ways. One is there might be new startup companies that are looking for payment processing. Uh, we are absolutely a great option for them. Uh, we can do it low cost, and we can get them. Up to speed very quickly. And the second is there might be existing companies that don't have subscription capabilities but are looking to deploy a subscription product. We can be a great vendor to jump in and help you get your payments and recurring billing set up for a subscription product very quickly to add on your existing products. And what we're seeing, as Nick said, across numerous industries, subscription is the big thing. Getting your customers onto a recurring system has shown tons of benefits from the lifetime value of the customer to upsell capabilities, et cetera. So uh, really any business that's looking to get into subscription for the first time would be great to partner with us uh, just because of the expertise we have and we can guide them along the way. That's great. Um, yeah, well, let's wrap here. Any other final points that you
2: guys would like to hit on or, or share with the audience today? We're just really excited to talk about this today. To your
1: point earlier, you know, we have spent a lot of time or the early years here focused on the needs of enterprise merchants and have unfortunately been not had a product we could really talk to smaller businesses about. And now we have that. We're excited about bringing that to the market and talking to merchants about it, but it's a new foray, but one we're very excited about.
2: And where can people go to find out more about Rebar SBS Express and sign up and everything? You can absolutely go to our website, rebartechnology.com. Up at the top is a
1: tab that has these solutions underneath of it. If you click there, you'll see SBS Express and
2: you can check out our offering there. Perfect. Well, thank you both for taking the time. I appreciate you coming on today. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Jake. Thanks for having us.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Subscription Scale sponsored by Rebar Technology. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network.